Hey, this is Dan, just to say that this week's episode is sponsored by Grey Issue 4, which is now funding on Kickstarter. You can find out more about this in the middle of the episode. Hello and welcome to Hey, I Loved That Movie, the podcast where we rewatch the films we loved when we were younger to see if they still hold up. I'm Dan. I'm Michael. And I'm Charlie. And for this episode, we watched The Page Master. So, Charlie, we, we had not seen this movie before, so th- this was your recommendation. What, um, what, what's your connection to this movie? What, what do you love about this movie? This film is everything to me because it's the time when I had my little 12-inch box TV and had the Pagemaster on video, and it was just one of those things where I'd watch it, rewind, watch again, rewind, watch it. It is just magic to me, and watching this again, it holds up for me, and I know it's one of those films that seems to have sort of slipped away from the mainstream kind of films you watch as a kid, and that's why I love it, is that it's like, to me, it's like this hidden little gem that, I mean, don't get me wrong, completely flopped at the box office like like crazy flopped at the box office but it's so it's just so magical you know imagination and books and becoming a better version of yourself and it's just really delightful i found um and it's just good fun like it's it's very on the nose it's very it's very obvious what it's about like there's there's not much hidden behind it it's all on the surface but it's just good fun and it is literally just like an hour long um it is it was really i was so shocked at how short it was because yeah it just ends quite abruptly yeah yeah i didn't realize actually how short it was until i rewatched, and i thought ah Oh, yeah okay all right this was this was a thing like just over an hour but i personally i find it magical like for me it's just it's just a wonderful little little thing that i just come back to it's real nice guys but now, <laughs> no, I, get, now I get to hear what you both thought of this uh this film oh it's short no. it's short <laughs> it's short yeah uh no i i have little issues with it but no in general i can't work out why it was made because it feels like it was made for a very specific purpose so the story of this film is macaulay Culkin again refuse to remember characters names uh is a kid terrified of everything he gets caught in a storm well yeah like he's, heavy he's... rain He's told to, uh, his parents want him to uh, go to the shop and get some tartan paint or some other, like, menial task. Some nails. And- Nails, yes. Yeah. And he's, uh, he, he's like cycling on, gets caught in a massive storm, goes through the tunnel from Back to the Future. Uh, okay. I'm surprised he takes a bike, to be fair, if he's terrified, unless statistically more accidents happen walking than on bikes. <laughs> <laughs> he's a well-researched kid. Yeah, but he comes out the other end of that tunnel and it's just like a massive thunderstorm and it's like, wow, that, this kid's parents are dicks. <laughs> like... Yeah, they must have known it was going to storm later. And yeah. they were like, you know what will fix this kid? <laughs> a cycle in the rain to get some nails. Yeah, send him out in the rain. Yeah. That might make him not scared of everything. Yeah, he, he goes into a library for shelter where uh, Doc Brown, uh, mm-hmm. or as he's calling this, Mr. Dewey, which I'm guessing is for uh you know surname decimal system so yeah he's uh he he wants to go and find a payphone so he can phone his parents slips on some rain whacks his head and is left there to have a fucking psycho daydream for about an hour 
Yeah, no. Can we talk about that librarian? He's so creepy. He is so creepy. He's unneededly creepy. He is really scary. Especially because... So the first thing he says to the boy... Number one, Macaulay Culkin is the only person in this library. Uh, Yeah, it's a very empty library. Giant library. library, (laughs) Huge library. Uh, The first thing he says to him is like, I know why you're here. I know why everyone's here. I just need time to work it out. And then he says, oh, you probably want to read a book. Like, no. <laughs> no shit. <Yeah. laughs> There's a wild shot in the dark. You probably need to read something. You're in a library. You know what's so great, though, is that that library was so barren. As soon as he came in, the guy had to put the lights on because he was just like, do you know what? Fuck this. There's no one in. Yeah. So turn the lights off. He's having a kip in the back, took some books out, and he's like, well, shit. There's a kid here. Well, a he definitely now. wants a book. <laughs> I should go as close to him as possible. Finally get to do my job. (laughs) Yeah, and scared little child is like, can I go home? And he's like, yes, but you have to run into the library. I'm not going to show you where the phone is. You'll have to find it yourself. Hope you don't slip and hurt yourself. (laughs) Goodbye, child. Um, yeah, he's standing under a uh, a cool uh, mural full of foreshadowing and plot points. Like one thing that I did find really cool. So all of the mural and that starts to like drop down. No, I was like, no. oh, he's he's going to become Venom. <laughs> well, no, it's because it's because the the interior of the library is painted with LSD. <laughs> all the walls it's are laced with trip. LSD. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's just fucking tripping the whole time. But yeah, like I I really enjoyed. So when he's like running away and all this paints like. Um, sloshing up behind him and turning all the books and everything into animation. I thought that bit looked really cool. Mm. Like it's... that was that was really quite nicely done. No, it, yeah. this film has amazing animation. Like I, as I've said with every traditional animation film we've watched, I love this style of film. I love this style of animation. It's incredible. Yeah, uh, it is. It's um, it's it's actually that bit where he's running through like the shelves and it hits the shelves and turns it into an animation. I didn't realize that until I rewatched this. When I was a kid, I never noticed. I was just watching like all this paint and watching him run away. I didn't see that it was turning everything into like a cartoon. So when I watched this again, I was like, hang on. And I went back and I was like, oh, okay. That was like a tiny little detail I completely missed. But yeah, it's, um, and it took them three years to make that film. And you can sort of see like when the paint drops down, it's a little bit, you know, off. but it's, yeah. it's, it's still, it's still wonderful. I think. Yeah. Um, th- this was the first film that used CGI that mixed CGI and traditional animation. And I, again, as we know, from on this podcast films we've watched before uh, it was swiftly killed by treasure planet yep <laughs> treasure, they made treasure planet went never again we're never using this style ever again so it had a short list style had a very short-lived time but it, it is beautiful to see it is incredible um it's just a lot of it it's really short this film and it took three years to make yeah that's uh and, and like Probably 20 minutes of it are like live action. Um, Because, yeah, it starts live action, turns into an animated one. And then at the end, when um, spoilers for a really old movie now, he wakes up with a after having a concussion back to live action. So the the actual like story once he's in the animation world, it's essentially him going through like classic novels, right? Yeah. So he's met by a character called the page master, which is just a fancy word for librarian. Um, (laughs) And then the these there's these three books that. Um, sort of appear there's uh, well the first one that appears is adventure 
who is like a little pirate book and he's like oh there's fantasy which is um the only woman in the movie apart from his mum, i guess <laughs> and then horror who's like some sort of like frankenstein book sort of thing yeah well um, it's it's treasure it, island um cinderella I think, and Frankenstein are the three. Frankenstein, books. yes, yeah, he's yeah, he's he's the hunchback. He's the hunchback. He's um, fun fact about him. He's well about the character. His father was an encyclopedia, and his mother was a paperback, and that's why he's so misshapen. Is that he's just he's 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 never felt like himself. Like he's completely and utterly misshelved, misshapen. Um, and always has sad endings. So that was, I don't know if that specifically translated, but that was a fun little, fun little bit I found out about our little, our little horror voiced by Frank Welker, voiced yeah. over 800 characters. What a man. He doesn't stop talking. <laughs> so wait, is that, is that an official thing then that he's the son of a paperback and a hardback? Yeah, he's, um, it's, um, there, there's this cool, um, you're welcome to have a little look. There's this cool behind the scenes it's like 20 minutes um and it's christopher lloyd as mr dewey like coming up to the camera and he's like well hello there welcome to my library and then he breaks character by saying this film follows macaulay culkin which i thought was a bit weird i don't know if he just forgot the name of the character at that yeah. moment um and they just talk about like all the different characters and how they made it kind of generic stuff but it's Bring, quite cute that brings up a good solid question about this universe though how do books happen because so two books had a child <laughs> is what no. i'm getting at uh well they read this little book called the karma sutra <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> no that's what we need oh, a page my... master reboot no <laughs> it's the the porn parody <laughs> the page masturbator oh <laughs> uh, no stop Oh, okay, right. Before we go off on a horrible tangent. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm okay with tangents. Before, before we go on a, a horrible pornographic tangent. So anyway, he opens a book and a bunch of tentacles come out of it. Ew. Because <laughs> he opens... Um, he was in the wrong I think section. it's 20,000 leagues under the sea. It, it is a giant squid sort of one. And I, I saw that bit and I was like, wow. So like when they open the book, things from the book come out into the real world. I was like, is it lucky he didn't like open The Shining or something? <laughs> Not expecting later in the movie when... And they're in the horror section like there are genuine horror books like the yeah. shining and pet cemetery and stuff like that and i was like wow as if they just had to animate they just had to deal with that <laughs> they were in a board meeting and one of them was like you've taken the horror section a bit too far we're gonna have to tone it but we don't need the shower scene <laughs> So yeah, the, the the kids like so where he's terrified of everything. Essentially, he has to conquer horror, adventure, and fantasy to become better, I guess. And then and then he can get out. It's his yeah. little. Uh, well, he's passed out. He has a fever dream, and when he yeah. wakes up, he's like, oh, "I should be confident." I'm less scared <laughs> now. I'm less scared after being knocked unconscious in this weird giant library. <laughs> I'm less scared of the world now. The the animation's really cool. It's so quick, though. This film is done so fast. Yeah, it's it's very to the point. Like, it's, you know, it's a kid's film. Yeah. But Him it's the so definition fast. of kid's film. It's just, here's the plot. Char he's got his character arc. He improves over time. And then he's fine. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's um, it's it's very. That's one thing that I I notice about this is it's very generic Hollywood screenwriting structure from 1994. It, it follows it to the letter. You know, yeah. like it's the character in the ordinary world. You know, he's a little pussy old, so his dad's like, right, go and get me some nails dad's and fucking stop being a little pussy old. <laughs> and he goes, I want to finish your fucking treehouse that I fell out of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put some work in. Like, and then he goes off and like, you know, he go, he ends up at the library and then he meets the mentor mr dewey and he's absolutely mental like he's like you've come for a book thank god we've sat here on my ass for hours it's been weeks since someone came into the library and then he meets all his allies and it's yeah it's it's very like generic hollywood script structure so like it's probably a good like example of just like how to follow a formula in writing yeah like it was um a lot of solid because you said like this film vanished because yeah it is so like typical that it does kind of just vanish yeah i I say i had never heard of this movie before i've seen so much of it though like i've seen so many images of it as like memes and pictures online page master memes yeah all right i've got (laughs) something new to delve into (laughs) yeah no just like random pictures that i've seen i've realized how much of this I've seen watching it. And it, it is it one of those films that's just in a lot of people's like subconscious of I watched this as a kid? Because mm. it has that vibe. Something we've discovered doing this podcast is everyone seems to have a weird kid film that they watched as a kid. A film they watched as a kid that no one around them seems to remember. And it, they, but they like, you've seen it so much as a kid. All of those films, every time I've talked to someone, they've said they've all been like financial failures and they've all vanished really quickly. It's yeah. probably what happened was like your parents got it for a quid or something at a boot fair and was like, hey, there you go, have a VHS. <laughs> but like, no one has heard of them. Yeah, yeah pa- never heard of the Page Mask. I've only seen pictures that I didn't know were from it. Yeah, it's um, it, it is definitely one of those that sort of slipped. But something I didn't know was that it was it was written and. I guess, is it directed or produced by the same guy who did Child's Play and the Chucky films? <laughs> that... Dave, David Kirshner. That is... doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like I just read into that and I thought, okay, when, when was the jump from, did yeah. you do this film first and then think, do you know what, this is not my style? And thought, right, doll, mental well, doll kills yeah. people. Yep, that's it. That's where the money is. It'd be the other way around, wouldn't it? That he would have made Chucky. When did Chucky come yeah, out? Sure. films come out? I thought Child's Play was like late eighties, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So he made. He was midway through making them because they the- continued to make them. This was his break from a killer doll. He was like, yeah. let's just make something like really, <laughs> just make something friendly, really off the track. Some kid just like you know hits his head and ends up in books. I don't know. Let's. Let's do that. Three years. It, it was actually a script he wrote for a Chucky movie, but they couldn't get it to work because, like, dolls can't get knocked unconscious. No, they can't. <laughs> that was it. Did trip on acid. <laughs> but yeah, there's um, I think Mikey was saying earlier, there's loads of like references to not just books and literature, but to like like nursery rhymes and stuff. Like, there's Mother Goose, Humpty Dumpty. There's oh, did anyone catch the reference to Edgar Allan Poe? It was in the horror bit where the the raven flies down and screams nevermore it's um edgar Allan poe's poem oh raven. yeah <laughs> yeah which i thought was quite neat that was yeah neat it was cool. it was just so full of references to like classic literature and stuff because the the main uh villain in the horror section is uh dr jackal and mr hyde yeah um yeah after that when they go into i mean adventure ends up being split into two parts because at first you get uh well you get captain ahab and the white whale which eats 
the other books apparently and then yeah then it becomes uh the third time we've watched treasure island for this podcast (laughs) every time every every like four podcasts we accidentally watch treasure island yeah canonically second release treasure island but still (laughs) keep watching it yeah like um ah there there was a great bit where the where they um a bit that really made me laugh was when they get onto the pirate's boat and they pick up the adventure book and they shake him to get any weapons out Mm. and just so many things fall out including like a nuke (laughs) which was real weird it looked like someone had picked up a character in fallout 4 and emptied their inventory on the floor (laughs) (laughs) it's it's such a it's it's such a such a weird film though like it's it's so like coming away from it i know i'm probably biased because i've got so i've got so much nostalgia for it like even the music and i could probably quote a lot of like little tidbits from it but like it is it's very surface like it is like i love the references but when you sort of look at it it's like oh okay it's just loads of different literary stuff just crammed into an hour's worth of this kid sort of roaming around but it's so pretty yeah it but it like it felt like the film was designed it looked like it was paid for by a charity that gets kids to read books like that's what it it felt like it was trying really hard to get yeah really hard like the film is trying so hard to prove that books are really cool all it does is is make films look better yeah yeah exactly like it's just so chock full of references that if the people haven't read the books in the first place they're never gonna get it like kids don't care that there's a raven shouting nevermore or uh, there was the bit where um the horror book gets like gullivered as well um yeah just yeah it feels like it's trying really hard to get kids to read and it's not maybe it's it's, yeah it's like it's trying to say oh if you read this book you'll become better maybe Mm. macaulay Culkin was actually just reading a book (laughs) the whole time yeah i think that's meant to be i think that's meant to be the point is he just went into a library and read, but he saw it as this like grand adventure um, because the librarian, like he calls himself the page master, lined all the pages with LSD. <laughs> no, oh, what happened was um, the page master actually inceptioned him. Mm. Like while, while Macaulay Culkin was knocked out, he sat down next to him and like read a book into his ear. Yeah. <laughs> if only this episode was sponsored by Audible, we'd have a great oh, time. That would be right an amazing now. segue. <laughs> And speaking of sponsors, this episode is sponsored by Grey Issue 4, which is now funding on Kickstarter. Grey is the story of an ex-undercover cop back from the dead to take down the mob he was infiltrating. Oh, and he's made of concrete. It's written by me, Dan Faulkner, and features Charlie Skinner, who's in this episode, as the titular character model, and with artwork by Reese Finley. We're currently funding on Kickstarter to pay for the production of the comic, with backer rewards including digital and physical copies, posters, sketch cards, original artwork, and even the chance to get yourself drawn into the comic. Every backer shall also receive the first three issues digitally too. Check out the link in the show notes for more information. And now, back to the show. Why throughout the the thing, whenever he meets a new book, it's desperately asking him to take them out of the library. Why are they so desperate to escape the library? Crazy librarian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe. What, is, what is the page master doing to the books? I, I'm guessing it's because it's such a big library, and there's clearly no one there to take take the books out. They they want to they want to be taken out and read. You know. <laughs> yeah. No wonder they're so scared of the page master. Yeah. Aura always has sticky pages. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> When that kid got, when Macaulay Culkin got home, when he told his parents what happened, 
There would be police at that library, right? No, that's the kind of the library where the police would be like, but there's not been a library there in 84 years. No, but like, if a kid comes up to you, say your kids, say you have kids, and they, they come up to you and say, I went to the library to get out of the rain and there was this man there, um, the librarian, he called himself the page master. <laughs> <laughs> um, he told me to run further into the library to find a phone to call home. I can't, I then fell unconscious as everything melted around me. And then I was in a book you'd be like i'm calling the police (laughs) your first response would be i'm calling the police and yeah this 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 kid got molested for sure (laughs) this like this kid was at least drugged because i get the feeling they'd turn up there and the librarian would be gone yeah no it's such like a one of it's very much kids film in that like after the ending nothing happens yeah it's like he's he's better now i guess he fought a dragon he you know crashed a carpet he watched two books kiss for some reason oh my god there was that scene at so at some point the adventure and fantasy books kiss and i was like that was so unnecessary and then the adventure book says how would you like to curl up with a good book yep (laughs) yeah so they end up being attacked by that dragon at one point and well like he gets swallowed by the uh dragon and then inside the dragon is the book jack and the beanstalk i'm like ah now now i know where they got the idea for the whole jaron's outpost thing (laughs) just grow a tree in a dragon's face such a specific <laughs> reference. Yeah, that is a very specific <laughs> reference. But yeah, like they, he gets out of the dragon by just making a massive beanstalk out of it, and then manages to get out. Get out fine because it's, yeah. it's a kids' film. Like watching a kids' film like this as an adult, there's no suspense. There's no like cool because you, unless you watch it as a kid and you have the nostalgia, like that nostalgic helps memory thing. Yeah, you're kind of just like it, this. Nothing is gonna happen because it's a kids' film and they're gonna survive. Nothing bad's gonna happen. No, he gets knocked unconscious, and then you can tell nothing bad's gonna happen because at the end, uh, like the parents have clearly had to phone the police. He's clearly been gone a while. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, they they come back and they see him asleep in the treehouse, and they're like, "Oh, it's cool. We can we yeah, can just leave him there. It's fine." It's like, no, if that kid rolls over in the night, he's gonna fall he's out gonna and fall fucking knock die. himself unconscious again. Yeah. <laughs> but also, if this was an animated film from like ten years earlier, one of the main characters would be killed. It's in a very safe zone in the the 90s. There was no, like, drastically scary stuff. But in, like, the 70s and 80s, kids' films were terrifying. Yeah, like, the horror section would have had, like, some actual horrific stuff. Imagine if they just, like, go into it and do open up, like, a Stephen King book or something. Yeah, like, this film didn't have uh, the childhood nightmare scene, the scary scene that every child film has. This film didn't have it. It was quite, like, pleasant throughout. I mean, it was was a nice film. I can see... I can see why it's one that you just, like you said, Charlie, you just like rewound it and watched it again and again. Because it seems like quite a quite a simple watch, I guess. You can just sort of sit and, and relax and watch it. Yeah, it's just literally just, it's just all about imagination and just, you know, books and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's just fun. It was just fun. It was a, it's a fun it's a time. Fun film. Right, that's, that's all it is, really. Like, it's it's like a theme park, you know. It's 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 fun. It's colourful. It's it's cool. Like, I think the behind-the-scenes stuff and how they do it is probably more, like, interesting and the time they spent, like, all the figurines and stuff that they did for this, you know, like, hand-drawn animation. All that kind of stuff is always, like, so much more fascinating fascinating i suppose but yeah the end result is kind of short and just kind of like as an adult it's like well yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be fine isn't it? also another thing about this film is very indicative of its era of like every film we've talked about from this period production hell 
it was this film was awful to make from what i've read it was massively over budget and all of the workers say that that was due mostly to mismanagement wow like the studio they kept getting like fucked over by management then the direct right director put himself as a primary credit for being a writer he called himself the story and only writer and there was a huge lawsuit over that <laughs> Because Ooh, there, wow. there was another writer. There was yeah. a, a the other guy that wrote it um, was the primary writer, and he put more time and effort into the script. Uh, so there was a huge overlap. Like these films from this time, and we've with so many of them that we've watched, they do they are just awful in production. They're terrible, uh, and then they manage to make it, and they all flop. Yeah, it's always such a big risk for kids' films because I guess at the end of the day, like it's still the adults in charge of taking the kids to go and see the movie. Kid, kids' films are surprisingly good, like guaranteed money. But this was that weird time where there were experimental kids' films, and then there were like normal kids' films. This was an experimental kids' film, and they've all flopped, all of them, as far as I can tell. And all the normal kids' films that did fine. But they kept making them. They kept making... And that's what we talk about. Experimental kids films, because none of us watched the normal ones, for, as far as I can tell. <laughs> no, yeah. We don't want to come on and talk about Lilo and Stitch. No, show, show me the page master. <laughs> that's the good stuff. So, yeah, that's the... Uh, good is an overstatement. <laughs> that's I mean, the, it was all right. <laughs> it was stuff. fine. No, it is... Yeah. I, I guess if you uh, if you had to put a number on it out of ten, how many? I mean, the only thing I can think of is like how many classic book references out of ten. That or how many millions did it lose? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Actually, I think it was a good thirteen million that they lost. I think Oof. it was around thirteen point seven million or something like that. That gotta hurt. So out of ten, because you have the nostalgia for it. Yeah, I mean, for me, just from memory i'd say it's 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 probably it's probably eight pages that's a good eight pages for me why eight out of ten um because it's just it, it it's just like it's just simple and it's fun like on the surface and it's just easy to watch like there's nothing to figure out about this film like mm. you know apart from the fun of like being an adult and being like oh there's the there's the raven from that poem which i can't remember the name of and you know there's oh there's moby dick it's 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 kind of just like that you know kind of like a word search you know you wouldn't spend too much time on it but it's it's a bit of fun whilst you're doing it so for me it's a good eight thinking about it, it did make me want to read classic literature like little things kind of want to read moby dick again now and and like i guess that's the point <laughs> there you go we, we <laughs> wasn't sponsored by him but it's yeah i guess it works on me not a child yeah how the, i feel about the that mo- the the movie has successfully gotten its point across to you. Yeah. So um, how many of the books that it references out of ten are you gonna give it? Oh me. Uh I think a good I think like six terrifying space invading librarians. <laughs> uh six like utterly horrifying librarians out of ten. Because yeah, it's a really good kids film. So many weird implications from just bits that they throw out. And yeah, but I do think that it was trying really hard to get kids to read. And I think it failed. <laughs> I think it failed <laughs> just because it makes films look so much better. <laughs> like it's a, it's, it makes films exciting and no kid is going to watch this and go, I'm going to read. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably give it a... Uh... A six out of ten as well. Six movies I'd rather see than read the books. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it was like you know per- perfectly fine. It was it was a nice movie. I could see what can see why kids enjoyed it. It was just a, a a nice sort of chill kids film, really. Good film to watch on a tiny CRT TV in your bedroom. 
Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. if not, if you if you don't fancy watching the Page Master, go read a book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go read some books. Well, with that, I have been Dan. Uh, I have been Michael. And I have been Charlie. And you can find us at Hilton Pod. That is at H-I-L-T-M Pod on Twitter and Instagram. If you're on there, let us let us know what you think of the podcast. Um, it'd be be good to get some feedback. Thank you for thank you for listening, listeners. Please yeah. please come back. <laughs> <laughs> no, stay away. <laughs> Books that come to life. A ballad. There's a, there's a ghost at some point, I think. Ooh, spooky ghosts. <laughs>